The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Dark Corridors, a conversational podcast about horror films. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my friend Brian Barnett from IGN.com and my friend Lily Zaldivar from GameSpot. How are you two doing? Hey. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good. Disturbed. Uh, disturbed, yeah. I'm so we have a, sorry. We have, a, we have a doozy of a movie to talk about, and this is, I believe, one of Lily's favorites. She brought it up last time, I think, but... Um, I have never seen it, and Brian definitely had never seen it. Nope. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The 1974 um, version, everybody, so, like, the yes, classic. Yes, the, not, the classic. not any of the 50,000 remakes, but the 1974 film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, well, initial thoughts. <laughs> Uh, where do we start with this? Yeah, we, where do you even begin? Shall we, st- <laughs> shall we start at the very, <laughs> very beginning with the weird dark screen and the noises and then the flashing lights with the decaying corpses? I almost quit watching the movie right then. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, to preface And then pan out to the, to the freaking arranged <laughs> so bodies in the graveyard, and then they linger on that shot for ages. <laughs> they so do. I'm sorry. Like, legit, let, let me tell you something about me, all right? I watched The Shining, and I really enjoyed it, right? I wasn't freaked out. I kind of knew what was coming, you know, that sort of thing. But with legitimately the face-melting scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the scene where the dude dies really quickly from drinking in the wrong chalice at the end of Last Crusade, like those stick with me. I don't know what it is about that, but like, did that you see it of, when you were young or something? Uh, I mean, I saw them when they came out. So okay. yeah, yeah. So you were young. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day. It's funny because the rest of the movie isn't that bad. It's not. Like, uh, I really, like, I, 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 after that, I set a timer for 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm giving it 10 more minutes. And I wasn't interested mostly because I hated the, the actor who portrayed the paralyzed guy, like the, the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, I, I really didn't like him because he seemed like a very obnoxious and like kind of antagonistic person. 
Apparently he was like that in real life. I watched, so on top of watching this, I watched a documentary about the movie today. Oh, good. Um, I was to try say, and get like some background one. into the into the filmmaking. And people, they, they had a whole thing about that guy and how he was just as, an, his character was just as annoying as him in real life. Like he was just kind it's, of an annoying person to be he around. Just, he just kept talking and about so, this stuff. And I'm just like, obviously nobody is into anything that you're talking about like shut up and just yeah. ride like yeah and uh one in the documentary one of the actresses was talking about she was like oh he was so easy to act with because he was just like so annoying like all the time just so annoying so it was like really easy to just like take all that annoy like all that frustrated annoying energy and just be like what do you want like shut up like that kind of thing just put it right back on the screen exactly the Um, movie itself is pretty much like uh you know nowadays the horror in that movie isn't as intense as like you know other movies you see nowadays like there, the opening of it is buck wild, but everything else about it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, this is great for 1970s horror. Like, back in the day, I can imagine watching this in the theater must have been insane. Because, you know, everything done in that movie was done on the cheap, and you know for a fact that, like, everything they were doing, if they did it now, would not be allowed. Like someone running what do, with what an actual mean? chainsaw, like with it oh, running yeah. and revving, you could kill yourself. Crazy. I think it's really cool. But yeah, and, they, and they a talk- lot of the th- I was gonna say a lot of the things that they did, like, and this this made it easier to watch as somebody. It, one of the big things that I found out about myself in this is the. I think I figured out the reason why I can't watch slasher movies, and that's because I get sympathy pains. So, like, when What's-Her-Face, I don't know what any of the characters' names are in this movie. Don't I ask me. I don't remember me. either. Uh, I know but when Sally she got, and Franklin. Franklin's when the she got When she got lifted guy. onto the hook, I was like, ooh, oh, no, like, ah. So, that sucked. Um, but do you see what I mean? Because you, you texted me and were like, how gory is it? And I'm like, oh, it's all, like, implied. Because they well, don't but, really show yeah, it. it. Like, that whole that's scene. That's one of the things. They play with um, perspective. Because, yeah. like, when he's, like, it seems like chopping that dude's head off, like, he's laying on a table toward, with his feet, like, towards the camera. So, like, you don't see any of that. Yeah. Like, uh, they I, were talking about that in that documentary because they were, like, going for a PG rating. They're, like, they were like how can I what? hang this lady on a hook? He, he, oh, like, although they back were then, literally, PG was, okay. They yeah. Were, yeah, they were literally calling the ratings office and being like, hey, if I hung a lady on a hook, how could I make it, like, R. still PG or whatever? This yeah. shit's R. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, they, it got banned in all these places. Like, uh, there's a bunch of countries it got banned in because it's like, it's still violent, like super violent, even though yeah. there's not a lot of gore. Um, like, there's some, like you know, the guys cutting his hand open and like. But there's a difference between like violence and gore. Like the, the person who, I feel like the most violence was done against is the only person that lived. Yeah, there's um there's a huge theme about that that people have talked about with Texas Chainsaw Massacre that there is a lot of violence against women in this movie, uh, unnecessary or you know just 
if it's necessary, it's like to the extreme compared to like the male counterparts, which I find really fascinating because for me as a woman, I'm kind of just like, yeah, horror, you know, but when you think about it, it's like, mm. oh yeah, you know, the, the violence rate was a lot and yeah, I'm not like too mad about it because I kind of think of it in like a real world perspective of like, you know, yeah, Leatherface would probably do that. But yeah, I never really thought about like that kind of theme, but there is a huge, people do have that conversation about this movie about that. Yeah. I mean, she definitely got away. I mean, she, first of all, she got away. Second of all, she got away fairly easy. Like they cut her finger and like, she was like, she was tied up and beat up and that guy hit her with a stick a bunch. Let me tell you. 100% 100% thought the old guy was dead and that they were just Dude, keeping him around. So did I. And then he started sucking on the finger and I was like, no fucking way. This yeah. guy is alive. That was like, bonkers. I had no idea. Like, I, 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 that was a genuine shock to me. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was. That, that was real. That was absolutely bonkers. I thought for sure that dude is 100% Another, dead. A fun fact that that guy was like 17. They just glued all this, like, weird gross like masks and gross shit on well he looked like somebody had made like a weird mask for him like he didn't look like he was yeah a person that's that's why i i I, I thought i was like oh he's all rubbery he's he's supposed to be a dead guy like he's decomposing nope you know well because you and then it's because you see like they set it up really well too well even his hands are like super white you see him oh my god let me go back they set it up because he's in the attic with the grandma who's like super decomposed. Yeah. So you just His assume like, oh, just these, gone. Yeah. yeah, you just assume like these two bodies are up there and they're keeping them around and that's like all it's their dead bodies. Because so then guess when what? The, they're when keeping the a lot shock, of other stuff around too. Yeah. But the shock is totally genuine when, when he starts like sucking on the finger. Cause you're like, Holy shit. He's that, not actually dead. Well, and they, that took way too long. Like there's not that much blood there, dude. Like just get in, get out. Like you are lingering way too long. On he doesn't this have a lot of strength. <laughs> Ugh. very uncomfortable. Ugh. I do want to bring up another thing that uh, I do. I want to mention to you guys and I want to get your opinion. It's about the theme of, um, being a vegan and vegetarian because of this movie. Um, a lot of themes that are mentioned through this movie is the idea of like, you know, it kind of portrays the sla- a slaughterhouse, you know, for animals. And famous directors like Guillermo del Toro became a vegetarian because of this movie. And, you know, Guillermo of- del Toro is a vegetarian. Yeah, he's a vegetarian because know of okay. this movie. So I wanted to bring that up because, you know, I, I, you know, I, I've heard this from other people and just the fact that like this movie is, uh, like is an advocate towards, you know, animal rights. So, you know, after seeing it, what do you guys think? <laughs> is this like I the Babadook becoming an LGBTQ plus icon? Like <laughs> about what? Well, I'm saying that because, you know, Toby Hooper has stated it's this is a film about meat, you know, and he even gave up. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, now with that idea in mind and the fact that you've just seen it, what do you guys think about that? 
I I I had thought about that kind of not necessarily about the slaughterhouse, but the the meat thing, definitely. I don't know if you guys had to read The Jungle in high school, but that's like a whole novel about like the meat industry during the Great Depression and stuff. Um so and and similar kind of themes and I I had kind of thought about like the whole like meat and the cows and and all that stuff and then you like they sort of bring that to bear with like just all the just a lot of death and there's like bones and dead animals everywhere and the graves are getting dug up do they ever really explain the graves i know that they the one guy's like i didn't get caught i was digging them up but but then i was like why was he digging them up they don't really ever say i don't think they do actually yeah i don't think they do it just seems like a, a a a kind of an extension of their grotesque and morbid kind of fixation because mm-hmm. like look at their furniture like their furniture is literally like their couch is like a the bones of a person trying to give a couple of people a hug like all the bones in the movie 100 percent real yep uh, well, yeah you can tell yeah they it's spooky. uh they said that there was a whole explanation in this documentary about how they got the bones. And it was about how, like, back in the day, the government used to, like, buy animal corpses off of farmers. And so, but they wouldn't pay that money. They'd be like five bucks or whatever. But they would come and get the corpses, and then they would turn them into fertilizer. And then eventually, they stopped giving them out money for them, and they were just like, oh, we'll come pick them up, you know, and take them away. And they were doing that. And then eventually they're like, no, nah, I got to pay us to come get them. And, and so farmers were like, fuck that. I'm not paying for that. They would literally just like drag it off to some, you know, some area on the outskirts of their land and just let the animals decompose. Like, I don't want to, me- I don't want to mess with it. Screw it. And so like when they were making the film or when the guy who made all the furniture and stuff needed to get bones and stuff, he was like, they, we, they literally just went to people's farmland and were like, can we come like grab all these bones off your property and they were like fuck it just take them so like they were just going from property to property to just like picking up cow bones and stuff from all these Man. cows that had died like Ho- years ago and yeah hopefully that it had been uh, a while because you would hate to pick through a relatively fresh pile to try to get to the good I'm, stuff on i'm the assuming bottom. it had been a while like the way they made it sound was like they were there were just bones everywhere like they were just able to get them for, for like people were like yeah just take them i don't care well, like the film i think was only made with did they say in the documentary how much it was made they said it was like a, a, about a hundred thousand like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that it was a hundred forty k hundred forty k yeah which is nothing that's nothing that's nothing. Yeah. Like, and it's they. A lot of the bones. actors didn't even get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got. Uh, this was pretty much a passion project. They were. How dumb. much? My God. How much did it make? Oh, like hundreds of millions. Yeah, I made thirty point nine million dollars. Hopefully, those actors got paid on the back end. I think they got it way later. Um, I'm assuming they got it way later. I mean, this is one of those deals where it's like, you know, you just kind of do something because you see the the future and the success of it i guess you know or you Mm. truly believe in it that that's why you're like yeah i'm gonna do that because yeah you know i mean nowadays i bet uh, people they get like royalties or whatever right maybe i don't know how that works i don't know how the movie industry works on that level but yeah i can't imagine 
Well, I can't imagine back then somebody saying, hell yeah, let's do it. Because probably, you know, they could do that. Nowadays, I don't think an actor would ever do that. Maybe? I don't know. Probably not. Like, probably not. Well, now uh, there's, like, unions and everything, too. Unions. Yeah, unions! Yeah, this would never happen. Like, it's it's especially egregious. They talked about it in the documentary where they were like, yeah, when we signed up, they said that we were getting, like, points, basically. Uh towards like profits in the movie given the budget that probably worked out better for them but here's the thing it's like they were saying they were saying that the points uh they found out way later that the points weren't actually profits in the movie the points were all portions of the company they had founded when they were making the movie which owned a portion of points from this other like mob run company that owned like way more of the portion of the points, which is why what? the actors like barely got anything. So this is a mafia movie. Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre is a mafia movie. Also, it's partly whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter. Like, points don't matter. Points True. don't matter. This bitch. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Oof. That sucks. Yeah. That's actually kind That's of bad. funny because in, well, I'm not saying it's not funny that they're not getting paid. I'm saying it's funny that this movie, a movie about gore, leatherface, murder, vegetarianism slash veganism, is a part of the mafia. And yeah. and a, a movie literally about eating a bunch of sausage is a part of the mafia. mafia. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, that like we bring up the the vegetarianism thing again because like they never once brought that up like in the documentary and i almost was like i wonder if it was it's an explicit point in the movie it is but like but but it's like they're not, trying to gross you out surf- it's like just below the surface i mean it's beating you over the head with it obviously i mean like, at the beginning of the movie and then they kind of leave it off but like nobody really Nobody like brings it up, and in the documentary, it's like nobody yeah. really brought it up. I'm I'm thinking this was more of an unconscious sort of. Well, like, Frank Lily Franklin was the, the guy in the wheelchair, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really weird that they never bring it up. Like when Franklin is being attacked with a chainsaw, he's not like meet his murder. <laughs> well, I don't think that this was a big thing back then. I mean, think about it, like nowadays it's what i don't even know the statistic on how many people are vegan there's more vegans and vegetarian people nowadays than i'm assuming the 1970s oh yeah i think that if toby hooper was saying like okay in part of the script i want you to just yell meat is murder blah 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 blah, i think it would have just changed the course of how this film feels because yeah. it's not I don't think it's something that back then it was like yeah fuck yeah meets murder it's they would have I mean I bet a bunch of them were meatheads you know so yeah. I think it, although I, I think it's although more of do... just like an unconscious or like a subconscious conversation that you have and it's I mean more they for the linger future. like they linger on it when who's the who's the girl that got away Sally Sally when Sally is at the gas station and she's looking over into the fire and it looks like there are other things in there besides just like sausage and stuff. Like it lingers on the regular meat too. So it's like they, they do that. And then they also do that with like 
the the Franklin has a sausage hanging out of his mouth, and it's like they do I, this thing where she is freaking out and also like lingering on these gross shots of just meat hanging from hooks and stuff. So I have a question for you, Brian. Did you? When did you? When did you feel like oh this guy is totally not legit? Because it was when they like it was when they showed the meat. I was like oh like he's he's one of them. Like that's that's I. That, um, cause, cause he is all sympathetic and like hugging her and he's like, I'm going to go get the truck. There's no phone here. And then he goes out and I, she's sitting there for a while. And that's when she looks up and sees the meat and it's like lingers on it for a while. And you hear the sizzle and all that. I always suspected. And I, I don't know if now is the right time to get into why I always suspected. Uh, but, uh, it has to do with the fact that as I was watching this movie, I realized I saw the Jessica Biel 2003 remake. Oh, uh, oh a, no! A number of years ago, so I actually like the second that he started carrying um, the woman who died uh, into that place, and I saw the hook. I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what's happening now." Because I had seen it happen with another character in that movie, and 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 so when when she went for help, I was like, "This guy's no good," which is bonkers, which is bonkers. Because I had completely forgotten that I had seen that movie until that point, and then I was like, "Wait a second. And that's what we were talking about earlier. We were talking about in the Discord of where I was like, "I feel like Ashton Kutcher was in a remake of this movie." No, it was it was Jessica Biel, and like, and he was like, in the Butterfly Effect. Yeah, which yeah, which is also a movie that I'm a big fan of. Even though it, I, I found out basically all of his movies got like 30s on Metacritic. It was pretty bad. Hey, you know Ashton Kutcher's biggest thing is that 70s show, and uh, that one movie. I think it's Friends with Benefits or the other one. I don't remember. There were like mm. two movies. Sorry, side note. There Dude, where's two... my car? Oh was yeah, one for sure. But yeah. there were two. There were two movies where it was like, uh, hey, let's be friends, but like not tell any like friends with benefits there were two movies one of them was with Natalie Portman and the other one was with Ashton Kutcher that's all I remember or one of them was with Mm. Mila Kunis and the other one was with Ashton Kutcher I don't know yes anyway yeah it was it was Mila Mila Kunis and like and some guy or something yeah and then the other one was Natalie Portman and uh and Ashton Ashton Kutcher Kutcher. yep yep, yeah anyway one Leatherface Yeah. (laughs) yeah But anyway, yeah, so like I so like I realized like, oh wait, no, I've actually kind of seen this before. Although this this movie is like way different. And I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea why or under what crazy circumstances I ever watched that movie. It must were you have been at, like some hip party and they were it like, must have been. Hey it guys, must have been. let's watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then they're the, like the only, not the good one. The only other thing that I could think of was there was a while when Um, I, when I was in college, um, like when I was just starting out in college, I I got a job at Hollywood video. This is back when I lived in California, when I still lived in California. And when Um, Hollywood video existed. Yeah. 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 And, and so, uh, this movie came out, the remake came out around the same time. Um, so I saw a lot of people checking it out and, you know, uh, there was the, 
I typically averted my eyes when I walked down and restocked the horror movie row just because there's a lot of gruesome stuff even on just the covers of these movies because they're trying to grab your attention and, like, get you to check the movies out and stuff. But that was a big one that, like, people were watching a lot of. And whether it was good or not, like, a lot of people were checking it out. And if you see something a lot, maybe I was like, oh, maybe maybe I'll check it out or something, even though I'm not into that sort of thing. I don't know why I watched it, but... That definitely informed my suspicion of literally everyone and everything that happened. But I definitely don't remember there being a creepy dude who left, like, weird animal bone totems all over the place. That was a weird thing. When Franklin rolls out in the back and uh, and he just finds, like, this weird thing that he left there. So he's definitely got some sort of a, like, fixation or something about, like... attaching weird spiritual significance to the stuff that they do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys say about, uh, think about this whole family because the, the interesting dynamic is with the guy who I assume is both of the weird killers dads. Cause it feels like it's unclear the gas station guy. It feels like he's the dad. He's definitely the patriarch. Uh, but they don't really, they don't really say, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're right, but they, uh, they don't really ever, uh, say in, in the remake, I think, uh, the person that they escape and run to is a sheriff, uh, and he's like friends with them or something. So it's like, it, it, I feel like in that scenario there maybe not, but this dude, I I thought it was very interesting how he was very much like, I'm not going to kill you. But then he makes the comment, like sometimes you've got to do something, whether you like it, like you don't have to like it, which I thought was a weird comment. Like they feel compelled to kill people. I think, no, I think it goes back to the, well, I mean, look at the environment they live in. There's like all the all the plants and stuff are dead. Like nothing's growing. There's no, um, like, uh, you know, wildlife or anything. Everything's dead. So like the the implication is that they did it out of necessity. Like I've I've heard a. a I definitely uh, didn't get that. I just read the I just read a book called uh, called Shock Value. It was okay. You don't need to read it, but uh, it was about like the history of '70s horror movies, and they talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre in there. And one of the things they talk about is how the people inflicting the murder are in are also sort of victims themselves, even though they've gone to these extremes. And they're victims because around this time, um, they had in in a lot of the slaughterhouses they had switched out the means of killing from like the hammer to the like uh, yeah he talks about that at no the beginning country of the movie. men or whatever yeah the the thing he talks about that at the beginning and he says like it ran a lot of people out of jobs yeah because i guess the the idea was that this the entire town was centered around this slaughterhouse like the the whole economy of the place was around the slaughterhouse and with that change it left them out to dry and they had no nothing else to do so they only the only means they had of survival was killing people and eating them and so That's super nasty lily looks like she's been sitting on a gold mine for like five minutes 
Yeah, okay. So, the guy that... Oh, her camera's not on. I can't even see her. Oh, it is. It isn't? Let me check. Well, then, you know what? I'll be the go-between. Hold on, I got it. <laughs> can you see me now? Nope. Oh, well, darn. I can. Oh, hello. I don't know why you can't see I me. I wonder why. I That's don't weird. know. Okay, anyway. So, the guy that you see in the beginning, the gas station guy, the pro the proprietor or whatever yeah he's the older oldest brother he's like the what? Uh, and the head of the household but he's not the dad so he's the oldest brother so hmm. i'm guessing the little skinny guy is the youngest brother then yeah they're like a whole family but yeah they're all brothers none of them are the father where the heck is the dad they call the other guy grandpa yeah the dad is like Maybe he's the only sane one and was like, these people are crazy. Peace. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> or maybe or they he's ate the, him. Or they ate or maybe him. He's the, maybe he's the couch guy who's hugging everybody. No, maybe. But yeah, no. We want the, dad, but, dad, you never held me while you were alive. I'm going to make you into a couch so I can cuddle up with you now. But yeah, he's he is the head of the household. And um, he apparently gets mocked and antagonized. But he's because he Because he won't kill people? Yeah. But he likes to beat people up. He beat Sally. I remember that. Well, and he freaking delivers her, like, you know, straight away. And then in in what feels like literally half the movie is the scene for, like, so, like, people die really fast. Like, the first guy that dies dies, like, basically instantly, and you bas- you almost never see him again, except for that one scene when he hangs the lady up on the hook. Hook lady... You basically never see, except, you know, in the fridge or whatever. Which I guess leads me to believe that, like, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they are just, like, eating these people, and that's, like, the whole point. Well, um, I'm assuming they, they do. Like, they look they look like the family that does no offense if a family looks like that in real life. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> You look like a family that eats people. How but, messed up would that be if you told a family that? Like, you look like the type of family that eats people. Yeah, yeah, I, that'd be a little messed up. I mean, Lily. that's I, that's probably just as bad as like going up to a woman and saying, "When's the due?" And they're just, you know, they're big, not pregnant. I think it might be a little bit worse to say someone say looks that like your a family cannibal. looks like a cannibal. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're right. You're right. I'll tell you Who what, you can you can ones. go on a you can go on a diet and go to the gym and lose the faux pregnant. Oh, yeah, belly. but you can never stop you looking can't. like a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could. You could like get a haircut, you know. You get really get get stuff. that leather face right off of that. Yeah. Let me you t- can really you can really try. You walk up to somebody they're all wearing other people's faces. <laughs> you know, you guys look kind of like cannibals Speak- maybe a little bit. Speaking of the like Leatherface in the documentary they also talked about how the actors themselves chose not they didn't want to see him uh before they started filming or anything. They didn't want to see him at all cuz they wanted the reactions to be as genuine as possible. So a lot of the actors, he's like a the, big guy. The, look, the looks on their faces when you see them in the film, it's the first time they're seeing him in the costume and everything, and that's their like genuine fright. I kind of uh, love that. Yeah, I think that I do like that sort of stuff. Like like yeah. the same thing we talked about Kubrick doing, uh, you know, with um, I think it was Shelley Duvall, 
uh, in The Shining and stuff, like doing like 99 takes or something. And like just getting them frazzled, like that sort of method way of like producing or like take getting every edge that you can to like produce that sort of a reaction in somebody. I like, like I, they did that with it too. I know, I don't know if the if part two uh, is going to go with that method as well, but I know in part one, the kids and um, Bill Scars. Sc- I don't know his last name, but he Scarsgard. Scarsgard. Uh, he Bill Scarsgard. That guy. Um, I know they like they didn't see each other until, you know, certain scenes. I kind of like the authenticity of it for some reason. I think it's awesome. They uh they said that um. The scene where the uh the guy comes in, he finds what's her name in the in the freezer. Uh, he like the first time they tr- he they tried to get his reaction of seeing Leatherface for the first time. He busts through the door and he just like ran out. Like he was supposed to, like, because he wasn't gonna actually get hit by the hammer. But they they had a guy off screen holding him by the belt, and when he would do the swing, they would he would jerk him back so it looked oh. like he got hit. And they said when he busts through the door, he got so frightened by him seeing him the first time that he just like ran past him out the door and like <laughs> out of the dude's hand, like he was supposed to pull him back, and they had to do it again. But wow, um, oh, yeah. that's a reaction. That is a reaction. Yeah. That's a good reaction too. Like yeah, like fight, which is what literally everyone like, should have done. <laughs> like. <out. laughs> What everybody should have done. In that movie? And I know that he yeah. kind of got caught off guard, but, like, every single person, don't go look for your friends. Just leave. Yeah, you know what? I mean, uh, you know what? Okay, there are some friends I'll fight for. I get the for. conflict. There's some friends I'll fight for. You know, there's some friends that I'll be a crazy Hispanic woman. I'll go in there, fucking kill everybody. Then you have Leatherface, and I'm like, hmm peace out immediately just You're like nah. mm, no yeah. you know there's certain things if you know also i'm not gonna lie if my brother's a dick and he's super annoying i might actually just let him die and that's why i don't have siblings <laughs> well there you, you go pushed them all in front <laughs> of killers i just let them remember all... you don't have to oh. outrun the crazy leather face uh, monster person. Else. You just have to outrun the slowest of your friends or siblings. I just, yeah. I'm just, yeah. There's a lot of times where I think about that, where I'm like, don't go in the house. There's no point in saving your friends. And then you kind of go, you know what? Mm, some people would do that, right? Yes. Yeah. And then now, yeah, no, oh, no, no, no. That's that's it. That's all I got. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> ask Brian a question. Go for it. There's an interesting thing about this movie. Like in the 70s, after the success of Night of the Living Dead, there's this sort of uh, resurgence of directors and people who realize that they can just make a movie. Um, Because you know uh, John Romero and all them did it outside of the of the big Hollywood system. And like at this point, all of the big film companies are in New York, and in Hollywood, and so. There's this, but in the 70s, there's a sense after Night of the Living Dead that like anybody can make a movie. And so a lot of the, uh, I would say, 
excitement around the production of this movie, even though the production was like hell on earth for a lot of the people involved, uh, was that it was made by Texans and it was being made in Texas. And it has this sort of uh, like Southern sort of draw to it. And I wanted to ask Brian, as someone who lives in Texas, like, did you ever, did you get that sense? from the movie, um, that, it, that it had a very like so American Southern like feel to it. Yes. But I didn't get a Texas vibe. The, just the look, Oh man, I'm really trying to be nice, but it was filmed or, or, Texas. or not. Sure. I, I, I'm trying, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to sugarcoat something. I'm trying to like say something in a way that people won't think what I'm trying to say is rude. The look of the people in here, especially the look of the guy um, that ran the gas station, reminded me of people that I've seen when I went to visit my grandparents in Kansas. Like they, it looks, it looks like Kansas to me. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna tell you right now. We have, we have stated a fact that, you know, we could, we can't tell a family that they look like a bunch of cannibals. <laughs> I think you are safe. (laughs) But like, I feel like that. I, I feel, you know me, Josh, you know me very well. Like I always try to be super nice to people. Even when I say, even when I say, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, I do get what you mean though. Like there's a sort of like, even though it was made in Texas, there's a sort of rule feeling to it where it could be placed anywhere within. Like the dude from the gas station legit looks like Roy Rogers. Like, (laughs) He looks like an evil Roy Rogers. Well, it's like, if you think about it, um, the hills have eyes, right? There's like, I think there's a gas I mean, station yeah. in that too. You guys are saying a lot of movies that I've never oh. seen. I'm just like, I guess. Okay, sure. Oh, whoops. Well, you know what? It, they're in there. There's a, there's like a gas station. And then there, the guy's like, you should go that way. And then you find out that he's a part of it. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Hills have eyes. Blah, 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 blah. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's not like a Cthulhu mythos thing where the there are hills that literally have eyes no yes okay yes <laughs> no yes I'm okay well i'm going in you. blind here we go <laughs> it's but yeah. whatever you want it to be <laughs> so i definitely got the idea that it was made in middle america in probably the southern part but honestly i haven't been north of missouri in the central united states so I don't like I I don't know what like rural parts of like Iowa or Ohio or something like that look like. But I definitely connected that with like some parts of Texas or Kansas, but but those are the areas of the United States in the south that I'm the most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah. Uh I do want to say like there is a, a thing I want to read, but there, there, I do want to say that like this movie was weird because I, I like right after I watched it, I had this feeling like, I'm not sure if I actually liked that. Like it was really intense. Uh, but like the more I stew on it, the more I appreciate it for like what it is at the time and what it, what they did, like with what they were able to, to get. And I'm trying to think about the fact that, like, this movie, like Lily said earlier, if you were watching this in the theater in the 1970s, this movie probably felt like it came out of fucking nowhere. 
And it was yeah. probably absolutely it, terrifying. It kind of did. And it was probably made even more terrifying by the fact that, like, people didn't have the internet. And the movie literally opens with this quote, which says, The film you're about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hart... Harstedy? I don't know. And her invalid brother, Franklin. It's made all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could have not uh, expected, nor would they have wished to see the... Uh, God, I'm really bad at reading today. Wished to see as much of the mad macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day... Uh, were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. Now, yeah. can you imagine can you imagine going into a movie theater in the 70s? You don't have the internet. You have no way to kind of like find out if this is what if this was a true story or if this was cuz they definitely don't say but they lead you they to believe that it is. But they but they leave you they lead you to believe that it's at least based on some sort of like you know legend or or you know it 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 definitely strikes that with me like it feels like a story that one of your cousins who was visiting from like another state would have told you right like it feels like one of those myths that would that would kind of always be talked about but no one really had like the the actual like events down right now do we do we know if there's any sort of veracity to any of this there there is a, it leatherface is sort of based off a person but not to the extent that that texas chainsaw massacre leads that us, texas yeah. chainsaw massacre happened and i i just had his name up a little bit ago and i lost it so let me it's find ed it. Gein. oh ed Gein. yeah so th- this is from the imd and i've i heard IMDb trivia, I'm usually a little skeptical about, but I've I read this in a book and saw it in a documentary, and so I'm pretty pretty aware that this is the dude. But Ed Gein, on whom Leatherface was loosely based, was not a true serial killer, as he only killed two people. Uh, he was, however, a ghoul. He stole body parts, only female, from many different graves, and he kept some of the parts in his refrigerator and skinned one corpse and wore the skin as a dress. And there's other stories about him, like, having body parts that, and, like, skin that he was turning into furniture, like, turning into trophies around his house. And uh, so that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of he, his story is sort of what the idea was based on. But it's not necessarily it's not a one to one, obviously. It's sort of just like. Yeah, because he literally kills four people in one day in the yeah. movie. Sure, yeah. But uh but also there's not other than eating, we don't really know the motivation behind the family other than they need to eat, right? Well, like, and we don't even one of the We don't even is, know that. Like that's kind of that's a hypothesis. Like we don't actually know that they're doing it because they need to eat. Like they don't explicitly say I that. I would say that the environment around them sort of it implies it, but it's not explicit. It well, it. it does say that they are a large Southern American family of cannibalistic butchers and serial killers who live in the Texas backwoods. Yeah. The, the thing for me is like, 
I don't know if they're killing because they feel compelled to kill and then they eat because why not? Or if they feel compelled because they need to eat people. I th- you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. I think I'm more just like, who cares, you know? <laughs> just, I mean, okay. But I, I, If this was happening in real life, like, sure, who cares? They're monsters. But like... I, I'm because they're because this is a film and because they're trying to tell a story, I'm curious like about that. Because I think it does have implications for like I think it's the, if you I think let's okay, if in that context I would say let's go back to um Toby Hooper, who, you know, basically is the director of it. What was his yeah. basis on it? Meat. Okay. Eating meat. Eating human meat you know it's kind of like okay so this is a need it's like an an allegory and then they have to kill people to get or like a the meat it's like an idea that makes sense that tracks you also have to kill animals right well well, they also let's let's think about it this way you know the food that they have or that they are eating in the chili is human meat the meat that they sell at the gas station is human meat like Think about it from that perspective. Let's just think. Let's like think about yeah. it from the idea of they they don't eat animals. They eat people, which means everything that you see meat wise there is human. So you know that I think it's more like they have a taste for it and they love it and they want to sell it and you know eat it. I think that's kind of what we're going for. I okay I, from that perspective. It, contextualized that way, it actually makes a lot more sense. Like take take away meat as an animal and put it as a human. Yeah, and then and then that actually pushes them to kill more, which is why they wouldn't. First of all, you don't let Sally get away because she would rat you out to the whoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, like, well, we're gonna need to eat in a couple of days after we're you know we've torn through all your friends and all that sort of stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh man, that is just grisly and terrifying. Yeah. It's quite a movie. It, like, it, the uh, the craziest thing is like the end the end of the movie like from the point when Sally is the last one left like it feels like it becomes a different movie because it's just them like them harassing her like the the there's the whole gas station vignette where it's like you do not trust this guy and the second that he walked away and left the front door open I'm like that dude is gonna come right through the door with the chainsaw and it is game over and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, they kind of tease it a little bit and then he pulls out the bag and the rope and it's just like, oh God, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, and then they, and, and he's just, is like, he is clearly out of his gourd as he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. You know, you're, we're not going to hurt you. And he, (laughs) and like smash you with a broom. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's like this, it's like every fairy tale I ever read or heard about, about like, the weird sinister witch that lives out in the middle of the woods that eats children bakes them into pies. I would have to say though, like nowadays in horror movies, right? You get that. You don't get that sense of security anymore. They always have that. Like this will happen again. Or the, the heroes don't really, they aren't, they aren't safe. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm assuming back in like 1970s, like around that time, the idea of there is a happy ending was more viable or was more real. And um, so this this whole like 
kind of torturous. You, this was the Game of Thrones of <laughs> horror movies. Where there is no happy ending. Have you been watching yeah. the film? Um, Although I will say uh, we're recording this before the s- series finale, so I don't know. It could have a happy ending. Yeah, I doubt but it. you know, you see where I'm coming yeah. from of like yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea yeah. of like uh, this. Nobody's safe. No, like that idea of like your happy ending is pretty much bullshit, and and yeah. like for people back then, and I think that's crazy. Because I would assume that a lot of people enjoyed their happy ending, or like you said, a fairy tale ending. Sure, yeah. So not getting that must be I think, wild. I think the biggest cheat to that being one of the major points of this movie is the fact that even once she's in the back of that truck and she's actually because like she they take her there, they sit her down, they 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 sit her down to dinner where they're eating and then they try to force the grandpa to kill her and it just the amount of times they put that hammer back in that dude's hand was like bonkers to me and then she ends up getting loose and running out and then she's being chased or or down the highway with a freaking chainsaw dude with a semi stops like gets out i thought for sure that dude was gonna oh i thought he was gonna die yeah I thought so. I, I was, I was like, he is going to try to Maybe hit this guy with like a wrench, and he is going like to get freaking slashed up. But I was like, yay, this guy can save her. That sort of thing. That doesn't really work out. But the guy doesn't die, which is good. Yeah. And then the other dude with the truck like freaking swerves all over the place, and then she hops in the back. They're carted away. She's like, she's like a mile away from the from the chainsaw dude who who has been basically knocked out onto the ground and like kind of sawed into his own leg. With the, you know, revving chainsaw, talking about Lily running, you know, running around unsafely with a bunch of chainsaws all the time. Yeah. But she's like a mile down the road and she is still screaming. Like that is the biggest point like that that leads in. Like she has not stopped screaming this entire time. She's covered with blood and she is still freaking out, even though she is presumably relatively safe at this point as long as that dude doesn't end up being a monster and stop so there's a there's a funny story about that scene it was like one of the last things that she had to shoot um and they shot that like her in the back of the truck and all that they shot that and then they were done and she thought that she was done filming and they called her like a day or two later and they said hey uh we didn't get it and so she had to go back and get all like bloody again and then do that scene again and her her screams and stuff her like weird laugh kind of like frustrated screams are are her like venting the fact that she had to go back to this like shitty production and redo this scene and stuff so like wow like so all that was that, a pickup like, anger and sadness is like all kind of in there yeah. Oh man, that's a Shelley Duvall moment if I've ever felt one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's like, ah. Um, there's actually a. Where was it? Uh, God, I always find like some funny fact, and then I. Oh, here we go. Uh, so the the dinner scene, which is arguably. Arguably the most iconic scene in the entire movie, uh, and the most intense. Because you think, like, she's dead at any minute. Yes. Any, any second, that's it. Uh, the 110-degree Texas heat plus the filming lights meant all the food on the table quickly rotted, and the room's poor ventilation made the stink even worse. 
raising it to genuinely health-threatening levels. And I want to break here to also mention that uh, they also had a bunch of dead animals in the room. Yeah, I remember this. And, and originally they were going to get fake dead animals, but they all looked fake. And they couldn't find, like, dogs and cats. That cause All they could find was stuffed animals. So they literally went to a pound and got a bunch of dead dogs. What? And put them in the room, but then quickly realized... Quickly realized that, like, they couldn't stand them up or do anything really great with them because they're they're fucking dead. Uh, And then eventually got, like, they got all, like, they started to add to the stink. They took them out and tried to, like, pour gasoline on this pile of dead animals and burn it. And that did not work. And it made it even worse. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my Uh. God. Anyway, I was really curious if Franklin's comment about it being so freaking hot was actually like kind of meta commentary about the conditions of the filming. I'm assuming it was. It's got to be. Uh, So they they filmed that for 27 straight hours, which led to several of the the dinner scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Several of the actors suffering genuine sanity slippage. Uh, and also a lot of barfing. A lot of them barfed and all this stuff. See, um, okay, see. speaking of barfing, there's a scene very early on when, uh, was it Julie? What's the, not Sally. The dead one. I think her name is Julie. I think it's Julie. <laughs> the dead one. The, the non, non-Sally. Is it When Pam? she goes into the room, I, I don't know. The one in the, in the backless. It's Pam. Uh, shirt yeah very fashionable i'm amazed at how the the let me tell you the guy fashion in this movie doesn't hold up lady fashion actually holds up pretty well <laughs> let's fashion i was like i was like oh, that, yeah, that with brian still looks still looks <laughs> is that a new segment Ooh, that's a good segment yeah, fashion watch. In this horror movie, what's everybody watching? And then you'll do... What's everybody we'll looking do, like? We'll do the... Do, 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 do. Fashion watch with Brian. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. Fashion watch with Brian. Ooh. There we go. There we go. Let me tell you, it's time for fashion watch with Brian. And let me tell you, these bell bottoms do not age very well at all, ladies and gentlemen. But the backless shirt, still yes. in vogue as ever. Yeah. Get it. Get it, girl. Beckley shirt. Get it. So, am I even wearing a shirt? You can't tell because all you can see is my back. It's like trend watch. Leatherface, yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> another fun fact the film was uh, banned in Finland. That was just another random Really? Fact I, found. I mean, yeah. is it still banned? I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, no, they said after 25 years it was on. Oh, okay. But okay. like, it was banned in a lot of places. I, uh, whoa, sorry. I do have to say <laughs> that <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you collapsed from genuine sorry. frustration. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, um, going back to the whole twenty-seven days being in a hot room with rotting twenty-seven meat, hours. Or, sorry, twenty-seven hours, twenty-seven days. You, everyone would be dead, but with rotting food and just like dead animal bodies. This movie can't be made nowadays. Nope. Impossible. Oh, no, 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 no. No, real dead animals? No. Definitely yeah. not. 100%. Definitely not. Also, this movie would not be made. Fun fact, that's actually the plot of 28 Days Later. 
is that they spent 27 days in a, filming a dinner scene with a bunch of dead animals, and then on the 28th day, it was a zombie apocalypse. They were like, oh. we got just all what this extra film. Let's make a zombie movie. It's just what happened. Also, we should we should probably do that, because I have seen those movies. Yeah, I'm down. I have not. Well, we and should, I, can, I can do that. We should do 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later would be fantastic. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Um, yeah. I was going to say, going back to Leatherface, just because yeah. I would like to mention... That Leatherface is, I mean, he's so iconic because you see him. So, you know, back in the day, like as with all video games, um, they had an Atari game for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which I found fascinating. But uh, did you know that you can play as Leatherface in Mortal Kombat X? Really? Interesting. Yeah, he's downloadable I, content. I just got Xbox Game Pass, so I actually have... Wasn't he Mortal Kombat Wasn't X. Freddy in that too? Yeah, I think. Oh man! I don't know if Jason. I think Jason was as well. What yeah, about the? the what about that guy from Halloween who also looks like Leatherface? Oh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, yeah. Michael Myers is Mike Myers, the the love guru. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that guy. <gasps> when I was yeah, when I baby, was young, yeah. I genuinely in my head was like, "Is it the same guy?" I thought so too. I thought so too, yeah. and I. See, I feel alone. like that was a big thing when Michael Myers was just coming on the scene. Well, yeah. I just remember, like, I just like remember people guy. talking about Halloween, and they were like, "Yeah, Michael Myers, blah blah blah," and they're like, "Oh, Austin Powers starring Mike Myers," and I went, "Yeah, a murderer is starring in a movie." Yeah, I don't. They can't. They can't get him. To, he's he's like Tricky Dick. They can't get anything to stick. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Political jokes. Uh, and and let's be honest, they did get some stuff to stick to Tricky Dick. Man, the, the, the freaking rhymes in this piece. <laughs> so so okay. is 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 Leatherface iconic? I personally think so, just because I can't think of another character like him. I mean but I mean I mean I can think of a more famous cannibal. Well, Famous cannibal, yes, but I think more, uh, more just like the f- the things that he did that were interesting in the movie. You know, running with the chainsaw, like the fact that he comes out into the dinner scene wearing a dress, feeding his brothers, even though I think he's the biggest guy there. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I did not notice the dress at all. I did yeah, not know com- that he's wearing. He comes a dress. out in a dress and he just like delivers the food. I think. Yeah, and he's wearing a different mask. Uh, yeah, he has. I, think I the definitely noticed that. Masks. I definitely noticed that. And but the I, one he's wearing there is called the old lady mask. That's weird. Great. I will yeah. tell you, I did kind of start not super paying attention to it a little ways in. Yeah. Josh, Josh mentioned that that we should have a segment because of my initial gut reaction to this movie oh, which was did you nope the fuck out yeah exactly so now uh, lily not. can you get us a musical cue for this section yeah, yeah, as well yeah what's it called it's called did i nope the fuck out oh yeah okay but did i nope the fuck out yeah <laughs> that was good thank you that was that was very good okay welcome to did you nope the fuck out and no. the answer for me is almost <laughs> you were very brave <laughs> To recall to everybody via Discord, 
It was a tight race between I might nope the fuck out and I'm going to stick it out with Brian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and I will say much, much to your credit. And I did, I did appreciate this. Uh, Lily was like, don't, don't like, don't push it. Like if you don't, if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. Yeah. And then I was like, especially because this movie is pretty freaking intense. Like I, yeah, I watched it at work and I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Like, and on a different monitor. I had to pause it a couple times and be like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I need to just go get some coffee or I something. This is a lot. I watched it at home, so my ex was the one that told me to watch it and we like we broke up and everything and I was like, you know what, I actually am gonna watch this after we break broke up. And I watched it in my apartment and I was like, Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have watched this alone because this is like I because <laughs> I live alone and I don't want to die. You know, two factors. <laughs> so Wow. Uh, Quote of the show, I live alone and I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let me Let me just tell you something. I live uh, with my wonderful wife, Audrey, and I also do not want to die. <laughs> Leatherface comes busting in. Two rules in this world. Don't watch the movie and don't live alone. And then I die. Mm. It's like the rules of watching but if if he tells you those things then he should leave so you have a chance to learn from your mistake no it's too late isn't that the classic (laughs) thing he comes in and he goes everybody gets one and then he leaves i swear i swear (laughs) if you either watch a horror movie or don't move in with someone i'm coming back (laughs) yeah (laughs) you have a year (laughs) oh you have cats never mind Uh, yeah the cats are just like come don't animals count no, he's like, of oh, course, I don't. animals. He's count. like, I don't eat animals. Just people. Just people. Just people, because I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Also, I was, I was, um, I don't know what I was listening to, but I was listening to something where they were talking about how people taste, and that to the vast majority of the animal kingdom, humans taste like really terrible. That's why, like, when how do when they know? that's why when great white sharks uh bite into people, like they don't eat them. They they give you a light. What is what is to, to us? It still hurts super bad. But they give us like a light bite. They taste us, and then they're like ugh, and then they leave. Uh, and there are only like um. Oh no no no! This is what it was. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about Snowpiercer, and they were talking about the ending of Snowpiercer and how they go out into the snow, and there's a polar bear there, and they were saying like the tenuous ending of being like polar bear is one of the very few types of animals that actually likes how people taste. Um, there are like very, very, very few creatures. Most hate how we taste, which is good. Cause that's a defense mechanism for us. If we taste bad, then we're not going to get hunted for sport by, you know, giant apex predators. And no, stuff. that's insulting. I don't know what you're talking about. Can I, I just had a random thought for our first two episodes. We've had movies that either, are about cannibalism or imp- or have some mention of someone eating someone else. Wait, like what? Like in The Shining, they talk about when they're driving up and they're like, Oh, Don- like, oh Donner Party. It's like they had to. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, what um, if our next movie thing- is a zombie movie, then it's that's going to be a freaking trifecta right there. Another thing <laughs> that, like going back to when we were talking about earlier, when we were talking about how this movie must have been just a total mindfuck to watch in the 70s, especially with no internet. Like the poster literally says, America's most bizarre and brutal crimes. 
And then under the title, it says, what happened is true. Now the motion picture that's just as real. And it's what? Like, that's marketing for you, baby, right there. Yeah. That's Back then, beautiful. they could just get away with that shit. The chef's kiss right like, there. But mm. but the thing is, like, I don't think there's a law against that because... No, they did movies, that with the Blair Witch and all that and stuff, a lot which of people, I also haven't they seen. They did that with the Blair Witch, A lot of people Witch, did believe that, too. With, they did that movie with The Fourth Kind. Like... Have any of you watched that mm-hmm. movie? Mm-mm. It's okay. What uh, I'm learning it's... from our conversations is that I haven't seen hardly any movies. No, you've <laughs> seen a lot of movies. You just haven't seen the ones for this podcast. That's true. That's yeah. true. Which is good because I like I I like being able to be the fresh face. I just hope that I don't become too demented and snap. No, and, you're uh, fine. You haven't crazy. reached my people, level. Yeah, people who like horror movies are and make horror movies are genuinely nice. You usually. Yeah. Uh, that's actually something that that I that I heard from from a a person who who um who directs horror movies. They say that the the horror movie community are generally like incredibly nice and friendly and generous and kind people, which is like kind of strange. I spent we'll go back to your thing, Josh, cuz I do want to touch on that. But I've yeah. spent uh there was like this really fun thing called Horrorthon in Santa Monica. Which is like you watch seven horror films starting from seven thirty PM going till nine thirty AM. And Ooh, it's all night. It is awesome. It is like the best experience ever for horror film fans. And the whole thing's packed and everyone's just a horror film fan. And everyone there, like even if you don't know them, they are the kindest people. They're just like all there for the movies. Like everyone's just super excited. They'll like ask you what you're most excited for, or like you know they'll make sure you know they're they're genuinely nice sounds people. Like, which sounds like freaking Star Wars celebration. Yeah. Even though I think, <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. Were people nice there? Yes, actually, Star Wars celebration, incredibly positive. Uh, it's it's the it, it's everybody outside. It it's everybody that didn't like, go to the event. That's a dick. Yeah, everybody who didn't go is usually yeah. It's usually super super cool there and like everybody's super chill and nice um it's 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 always like it's funny because as someone who comes from that world and is super engaged in that world uh most of the negativity takes place on like weird forums and twitter where it's like kind of the minority but if you just try to find like other people that like star wars they're genuine they're generally even and mostly in like like if you meet them in person, they're just like you just described, Lily. Like everybody's super cool and nice, and like you know, you might disagree on like what movies you like and dislike, but it's gen generally it's like it's normal conversation. It's not like when people go on Twitter and they're like, "You son of a bitch!" Like I don't know you, but I'm gonna tell you what's what. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. About why you should never like any you know horror movie past this date ever because they all suck. You like or so, you, you know, like new like, horror films? Ugh, amateur. Ugh, Get out of here. God, everything that came out after like 1989 is terrible. You like Leatherface? Name three of his studio albums. <laughs> <laughs> Name three of the things he's been in. Leatherface yeah. one, Leatherface two, Leatherface. Name three. name three people he's killed. Come on, <laughs> I bet you can't even do it. Such a Cold fake fan. <laughs> I feel like I'm slowly morphing into Lumpy Space Princess. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
She never said that. You're such a, <laughs> you're such a fake fan of Leatherface. I bet you don't even know Already. any of the people he's killed. That is a, that is a really <laughs> That's good a impression. really good impression. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, anyway, backtracking a lot. Yeah. Like going back to the whole, like, why it's not probably not illegal to say, like, oh, this actually happened when it didn't. Like, the most recent movie I can think of is a movie called The Fourth Kind, which is a horror movie about alien abductions. And they claim, they claimed in the marketing and, uh, and I've never seen another movie do this. And it's why it's kind of stuck with me, even though it's like just an okay movie. It's not, it's not that great. Um, it, it stuck with me because in the beginning they opened it up with like, oh, this is true. Like it's a true story and like tons of the shit in this movie is actually real. And so what they do is. It's not real. None of it is real, but they but what they've done and it's really clever in a weird in a weird fucking weird way, but like they have the regular movie playing and then at times like they'll it's an alien abduction movie, so they'll have like this lady who thinks she's being abducted by aliens and she puts a she puts a, like a, a a tape recorder or like a you know, a digital recorder in her room at night when she thinks she's getting abducted and then they play it back and in the movie it's this dramatic beat where like you hear them talking and it's another alien language uh but like at the bottom of the screen it literally will like pop up with the sound waves and there's a disclaimer that says like actual audio from the event and stuff and like it's totally not true it's all bullshit but like that is interesting though and then there's parts of the movie where it's it's like the movie and then all of a sudden it looks like it's shot on a digital camera and they're like actual footage of the thing that was happening like of the ufo (laughs) outside her house and like and it, it, it does weird shit like that the whole time and there's there's parts where like when the the aliens like channel through characters and they'll like float off the couch or something and like when that happens they because they there's that whole thing with there's like a blinking message at the top of the screen that says actual floating yeah i don't believe in like i don't believe that like extraterrestrials have been visiting us and stuff no i'm super fascinated by them and i love watching like when i was a kid too i loved reading and watching things about aliens even though i was always kind of skeptical that it was ever happening um but I just find it so fascinating because I'm like, I'm like, what is this weird uh, mass sort of hysteria thing going on with it? Um, and there's this there's this thing in it like with UFOs, quote unquote, that like technology always gets messed up like around them because they're putting out some sort of signal or wave that's like messes up cameras and things. And that's like they, you see that in other movies. Like you see that in like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is not a horror movie, but no, uh, uh, you see that like things float and like move around, and the radio gets all fucked up and like staticky. And so they do that in this movie too. And they, it's like, oh, it's real footage and so, and it's, I, it's so weird. Uh, and it, and again, not a great movie, but like it's really stuck with me because of that whole thing. And I've always kind of wondered like should that be allowed like should you be allowed to to say, say that your movie isn't just a movie yes to say something was a true story and then make a movie about it even though it's bullshit i mean technically or, or star wars artistic... did that too 
No. In the intro, it literally says a long time ago in a galaxy yeah, far, far that's away. What, that's, but, the, but the idea behind that is it's based on like a long time ago in a land like far, far away. It's like a fairy tale opening. Like the whole... I mean, I'm not. That I'm exists. not saying that's the same thing as real sound waves. Well, you know, I understand that, but I'm saying that like that, when they put that in front of the Star Wars movies, that is supposed to like be a thing in your brain that is like, okay, we're about to enter somewhere else, right? Like we're we're going into fairy tale land so then what these movies are doing is like the opposite of that so they're yeah these movies are like they're saying we're not going anywhere this is here so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna interject because i'm gonna introduce you to the idea of a pseudo documentary it is the complete opposite of a mockumentary because a mockumentary is comedic a pseudo documentary is not it's more like introducing this idea of um a fake reality and funny enough, the actual uh, one of the people who started this idea was um, Orson Welles. He actually introduced it. Uh, the War of the Worlds radio drama thing. Yes. And also, uh, he implemented it within Orson Welles with the newsreel um, scene in that movie. So I think the fact that this is allowed is because it's been, it's just always been a thing. It's just. Uh, Orson Welles created it and it just kind of became this uh, sort of genre that nobody uses but now people do use it as often I guess is what I'm trying to say is that the the interesting thing is like I've seen that employed like not even in just a professional capacity because like when you like I used to go to to I was in the scouts and a bunch of different things like that as a kid and like you you go to camp Oh my god! Yay! Weeblos. Uh, Girl Scouts. That's as far as I got. (laughs) Yes, I do, but I shouldn't eat them. My sister was in Girl Scouts. Uh, But like, there's this idea of like all of these stories, and then at the end of it, they're like, and it happened in this room, like that sort of thing. Like that's been a thing. Like it just feels like a campfire thing, you know. You know, a holdover from the days when you know. That is a good point that I had never thought of. Like the campfire thing. A campfire yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting genre. I'm happy that a lot of... I mean, it's interesting because, well, like you said, a campfire story like that normally is horror-based, right? It's supposed to get you into that whole idea of, the, ooh, this happened here in real life. Ah. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. whole... I think that's the whole idea of... Um, why horror films use it more often than other films? Maybe other films use it. I can't really think of. I can't. Think I can't of think any, of any really. besides, um, well, besides as, Orson Welles. But as a horror noob, I will tell you, it feels really, really different when even when something purports to be based off of real stuff. Because then, I I can't just say. It's not real. Don't worry about it. It's all made up. It's only a nobody movie. actually. Yeah, it's only a movie. Like it. Watching this, I was like, "Oh, that sucks." Like this this actor in the wheelchair seems like a dick, but like I don't want an actual person to get killed out in the middle of the woods. Like that's horrible. 
Like yes. I, I hate, I hate that human beings do these things to each other. And that's like intensely depressing uh, to me and horrifying. And it's like more uh, different than if you saw a movie about ghosts or zombies or what 28 days later doesn't bother me because nobody does that to another person. Whereas stuff like this, like makes me sad because people actually do stuff like this. Part of what you're describing is the reason why I don't like torture porn movies. Like I, I, I took a horror movie class in college and we watched a lot of stuff. Um, and I remember the three weeks in which we had to watch like six torture porn movies was the worst. Uh, and it's because like a, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's all based on like real things and it's just sort of violence for like, Violence for, for violence's sake. There's yeah. not usually anything, uh, anything really to say with torture porn movies other than uh, violence is bad. Or like, isn't it bad we do this to each other? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it is. Pretty freaking but like, heinous. But we all know that. Like, it's not like a, you know, there's nothing like profound under the surface there. Well, and, and it and, doesn't even have to be a profound point. It, like there can be something that's posed like, okay, now what are you going to do about it? And if the yeah. answer is, well, kind of nothing, then like, okay, then what was the point of this? Yeah. But also like it's it in, in Hostel, at least the movie has this sort of like classism built in where it's about, and it, it sort of is about, like, human trafficking on some level, too. And it's about, like, the rich preying on the poor, basically, like, rich people paying for poor people or people who are, like, traveling overseas who get kidnapped <laughs> and then put in these rooms and then rich people pay millions of dollars to torture them to death for, like, a thrill, basically. It's just, that's like, horrifying. On the poor. Which is, I mean, that's what the movie's about. Which but, like, sucks because it's being juxtaposed with... Uh, Lily's cat tr- desperately trying to get into the room. I can't and, see any of this. And my like, cat also desperately trying to get into the to my office where I record. He's watching me. Well, Brian is literally watching me. Here, the cat's trying to bust in through the door, and me go me turning to the door and going, "Yep, will they open it? Let's find yeah. out." Because yeah. they're going, it's they're like, going at the they're going at yeah. the little jiggly thing. <laughs> That's like my way of knowing. That like I've gone too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, where are yeah, you? Yeah, they're like, hey, it's been an hour. <laughs> Stop talking about yeah. horror. Spend time with me. Stop talking about Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, but then, Stop talking about terror movies. But then there'll be like a but, mini Leatherface, and it'll be my son, Mr. Reynolds, and he'll be like, I've come yeah. for you. Oh no. Yeah, and I and I. But I, but like you said, Brian, like I I also I I don't necessarily usually like it like movies that are about just people doing things to people necessarily because it's like a little too real. Yeah. I'm more into the fantasy and things. And I also think like the best horror movies kind of have something to say about the The human uh, experience, the human. Yeah. The human condition, but like on the, you know, the dark sides of the human condition. And like most of those movies, I would say don't really, they pull mostly from Holocaust imagery uh and i it helps that i also took a 
By the way, one of the most depressing classes I've ever taken <laughs> in my entire life was Holocaust film. Oh, oh my God. We... You have no idea how many movies about the Holocaust. Probably like 15. Did you know there were 15 movies about the Holocaust? No. You do now. Jesus. I've uh, seen a lot. I, um, as part of my sociology courses, I also studied, like, there was, there was an entire semester where I took a class called the Sociology of Deviant Behavior, and uh, that involves a bunch of stuff that is, like, taboo or kink and things like that, but it also involves, like, all the other stuff, too, like cannibalism and stuff like the Holocaust and things like that, like any sort of socially deviant stuff. So like I, I didn't take a a class on the film stuff, but like actually examining the real stuff. Yeah. So uh, this is, this comes to another point in why I dislike torture porn movies. And it's because they pull all of this imagery and stuff from the Holocaust, like directly. Uh, like if you watch Hostel and Hostel Two, or you watch like Human Centipede or movies like that, and I know that sounds silly because everybody makes fun of Human Centipede, but like the imagery in these movies is directly pulled from the Holocaust, and that is intentional. It's pulled from the Holocaust as a way to comment on like the the horrors of humans doing things to other humans. Like here's what happens when we have industrialized murder of humans right and that's all well and good but i i almost feel like nobody's arguing yeah nobody's arguing the other side so why even also too recent and too real and too well documented for us to like play with it in the way that people play with it like it it uh it's almost like too horrific in itself. Like it, it, like you don't need people to explain it. Right. Uh, yeah. And also a lot of actual people died. And I think that like playing with that imagery and playing with that kind of stuff is like sort of disrespectful. Yeah. In a way. I was just about to say the same um, thing. Like there are people alive today who survived it. And like, yeah, the fact that like, it's still kind of a thing is, unfortunate and that's why i don't really like torch porn movies now i don't i wouldn't consider this movie text chance no I wouldn't consider no, it no, a no, torch no. Porn movie, even though because they don't show hardly anything occurs well they torture they I, torture sally but it's like it's not psychological it's not in the way that you're talking about like the holocaust or whatever yeah uh, like yeah. they're mm, that's tough because but it's also but it's like butcher shop sort of image butcher like, shop like he's not just wearing being detached he's not wearing lab coats and he ha- he does not doing experiments on her he's not gassing her true, he's not true. shooting her like it's it's we're in a butcher shop and there's a and like we're in the meat we're on the meat message and she's getting put up on a meat hook it's different yeah like you know there weren't meat hooks in the holocaust so like it's not like a it's not a direct line like yeah. that's and obviously that's the only scene that's really well, I guess the dinner table scene is pretty much tortured too. But like the whole thing, even yeah, the psychological torture. torture. Yeah. yeah, even the shoot was torture. But like, I yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say this is a torture. Movie. It, it is very much like a slasher thriller something. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely I, a horror movie. But like, I've definitely, I've definitely determined that movies like The Shining, where it's like more suspense or thriller, 
that sort of a thing are are kind of more my speed. I will agree that uh, the 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 cool thing about horror is that there are so many subgenres. Yeah. It's like, like freaking Baskin Robbins. There's freaking there's, 31 there's, flavors. The oh, honey, there's genre. 31 flavors. Which one do you want? Because there's yeah. slasher. There's can I slime. try the slasher? Oh, I don't like that. Well, I don't I like that. Can I try the slasher with a hint of psychological horror? And you know what? Sprinkle a little bit of that ghostly shit. Right? Just a little bit. Dobble that shit right there. You want to sprinkle ghost shit on your ice cream? You know, now that you're saying... <laughs> You're saying this. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of interviews and stuff w- uh, with Neil Gaiman because he's like one of my favorite Me too. I just finished um, uh, Neverwhere, actually, not that long have ago. Have you read Coraline? It's good. I saw the movie. I have it. I haven't oh, read it Oh, you should read it. I saw you the movie. It, but and I love I, that movie. I also read American Gods. Oh, that's a good one. I would yeah. like to read that. His Norse myth book is also excellent. Um, uh, Go for it. But he he had a, 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 a quote about horror that he had because someone in the audience asked him if he would ever do a horror novel, and he was like, he said that he thinks of horror as like a condiment, like uh, to put on top of other things. There like, are definitely you know, you horror elements in. in like all the stuff that I've read of his. Yeah, I, I would yeah. like to say the. Um, how do I preface this? I think the best horror films. You know what? Some horror films kind of um, don't aren't a part of what I'm about to say, but some of the best horror films don't. Oh, there's my son. Don't preface. Oh. <laughs> don't don't use horror as their main theme. It's like the best horror films either start off as like a psychological horror, or there's something there, like a crumbling family or a grieving process like in hereditary um or there's something underlying or the basis of where the horror starts which i think makes for a great horror film um that's that's what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say that like i think some of the best horror films are the ones that don't use horror as the main crutch and i might and you know there are some films that are not a part of that but uh, but that aren't a part of that idea, but they do still make it into like a great horror film. But I just find it interesting because when I think about it, I agree with Neil Gaiman. It should be a condiment to the whole main dish. Uh, I think David Cronenberg does that really well. He's probably one of the best horror film directors out there. He does other things. What are... For somebody who's not uh, educated in that, what are some of his um, films? Uh, the Fly with Jeff Goldblum, uh, Dead Ringers, Existence, um, Rabid. Um, I'm trying to think of what else there was. Oh, Scanners oh, is I've... really good, too. Okay, so I've heard of two of those. Uh, Naked Lunch <laughs> is not horror, but it's like buck wild and weird. My dad talks about Naked that Naked Lunch movie. is weird. Like, it's so weird. He's like, it's the weirdest. He's like, it's the weirdest fucking movie I'll but ever he, watch. But he does like, a lot of, he does a lot of horror films. But like, let's say for The Fly. The Fly is a drama movie with so, with horror elements within it. And both of the like the drama, the romance, and the horror combine together to make this magical experience. You are not going to come out of that movie horrified. You're going to come out of that movie in goddamn tears. Um, 
Really? I gotta see this movie. And then Dead Ringers, same thing. There are horrific elements in it, but there's some beauty within that movie and just, like, sad undertones. And it's just really, you know, there's... that it's Hereditary, which is a film that just recently came out. That whole movie is a drama about a family that's crumbling with horror elements sprinkled on top of it. So I do, I like I said, I 100% I, agree with Neil Gaiman. I feel the same way about The Witch, which is a movie that I adore. That's a good movie. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's technically, if you broke it down to its most base level, it's a movie, it's a coming of age movie about a, a, a teenage girl coming into adulthood her power and also um like escaping patriarchy and like uh, you know things like that but it's all told through the lens of this like family drama on a farm uh and there's like a lot of religious uh subtext in it you know about like the push and pull of faith there's a lot of subtext about like the you know again family unit like cracking apart but it's all told in this like psychological supernatural um horror movie basically i can't put it in like any better words but i i i think the witch is maybe like one not not even just horror but like maybe one of the best movies in the last 10 years i think it's phenomenal i do i do have to say though that i think the genre within horror that works by itself which is where texas chainsaw massacre comes in is the slasher film i think slasher films work by themselves they don't have to have the drama or the you know romance or whatever you know you want to add as like the basis i think slashers work by themselves some don't you know we have certain movies most of them are remakes that don't work well but then you have like texas chainsaw massacre which does so well and it's you know by and by just it's a slasher film you're watching these people get slashed hacked murdered and chopped up so i i just want to yeah i think i just want to include yeah. that as like i i uh when i took my horror movie class in college we talked a lot about how i talked a lot about slasher movies because on top of having the torture porn section we had a couple weeks where we talked about slasher movies so i've seen all the big ones you know friday the 13th and and uh nightmare on elm street and uh i'm like struggling to think of other ones right now but like all uh, the big ones the big two all the big all the big ones you know Mm -hmm. uh but the the primary um, oh Halloween like you know stuff like that. Never seen it, but I learned the piano. That, yeah. I learned that piano. The idea part. behind the slasher movie is sort of. Uh, we we talked a lot about how the slasher characters sort of are, the personifications of conservative values, uh, and that's why, like everyone in, <laughs> Halloween. Uh, gets murdered after they've either got done having sex or like smoking pot and like the person that kills uh you know the person that kills them is a virgin who is a teetotaler the person is a virgin you know is like straight edge you know is the person who like uh triumphs in the end and uh like uh like friday or not friday 13th but nightmare on elm street sort of about like 
the previous generation um like the you know new generations being sort of like judged and punished for the deeds of previous generations and things like that um and i, I always thought that was really interesting and in every movie plays with it a little bit differently i mean and this movie certainly plays with it a bit but i but in like different well, ways it, i I, I mean it does yeah. it talks about <laughs> you're the, a vegetarian i'm gonna kill you well it's not even <laughs> like that you know it it uh, it has it's it's just the same thing as like you said conservative values you don't see that shoved down your throat you know you're just kind of you kind of just get it um or like yeah. past generation or younger generations suffering what past generations did here you have this idea of the meat industry and you know how back then how brutal animals animals must have been treated and it's just to feed you you know like let's be honest back then you're not getting the same type of conditions that animals are getting now so it's just kind of like that's I agree with you. I think that slasher films kind of have like that underlying theme and that's what makes them so great. So yeah, they're not shoving down your throat. You're a vegetarian. I will. Well, you're cool. I will you're kill cool, you. <laughs> but I'm going to kill your meat eating friend over there. No, not me, sir. Yes, you. Yes, you. Wait a second. Wait a second. I thought the lady in the backless shirt was the vegetarian yeah i'm just making a joke i'm just making a joke. okay well i was just thinking like wow that really that would be a thing if sally was the one but i'm i don't know i don't remember i literally just got done watching this movie and i don't remember who the vegetarian well was. i think i feel like I, it was no, I, the one who died the, it's not that the main characters eat meat or don't eat meat it's that the villains these like you know stereotypical yeah. sort of southern uh people you know, like America, like um, you know. Let me tell you, America that's real people. Yeah, like they eat meat, you know, and they and they not only eat meat, they have participated in the in the uh, you know systematic slaughter of animals and the eating of meat so long that they don't know any other life, and it's not like they can really be vegetarians when like their environment has literally turned against them. Like they live in this decrepit like farm it's not like a nice farm it's like there's nothing growing like everything's dead so like they they don't have any other uh like options but also like they also sort of doesn't seem like by continuing yeah it doesn't seem like they care a whole lot about other options but yeah but that's sort of the point like the the point isn't to be like oh all the all the meat eaters in the in the main cast die like the it's not really about them like the it's really about the the family and like the horror of it is the is the meat eating and in that they it's just the existence of that system yeah they willing they willingfully and gladly murder people to eat meat and just the way that we sort of willingly murder animals like systematically because yeah. we want hamburgers and my god i cannot wait for cheat day tomorrow so i can go eat a hamburger <laughs> you're just as bad as leatherface whoa take this cheeseburger meat's great he made a lot of weird pig noises too i was i was reading that like there's not really a score in this movie it's mostly like 
They said it would be noises that animals would hear in a slaughterhouse. It's sort of like the noises yeah, you, you hear. Yeah, that's it, do you th- that too. Do you think that this, uh, that uh, Ed Gein was also the inspiration for Batman's villain Pig? Because I'm sure Pig was probably inspired by Leatherface in some way. Because that probably not Ed Gein himself, but like through uh, through like you know osmosis, right? I'm gonna look that up because that that is very interesting. I didn't I didn't latch onto that until you said um, until you commented on the pig noises, which I definitely didn't get. But also at certain times in this movie, I kind of tried to pay a little bit less attention to it. <laughs> uh, so. No, I get it. That's that's very interesting. Anyway, um, how many remakes has this had? I know it's had the one, but I feel like it's had two. No, just the one. Oh. I'm gonna double check that though because I could have sworn it had another. Well, it did have a bunch of sequels, if that's what you're thinking. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, so it, so it could have. Uh, so I, I was I was like. Because ba- Batman is so old, I was like, "Oh yeah, Batman." And then there was predates Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning in two thousand six, and then there was Texas Chainsaw three D in twenty thirteen, and then there was Leatherface in twenty seventeen. But it yeah, does say so. that uh, Legendary Pictures has bought the rights to the franchise with a new film and TV series in development. Of course. Ba 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 ba. Get ready for the Texas Chainsaw Cinematic Universe. Oh, no. Oh, no. What were you saying, Brian, about Piggy, Pig, Pig, Professor Pig? Uh, Well, one of the things that I was thinking of is, like, well, I could definitely see uh, Professor Pig or whatever uh, Pig coming first because Batman is so old. Like, Batman as a character and as a series is so old, so, like, a lot of his villains are actually, like from way before the Texas Chainsaw Massacre would have ever been made. Um, but actually, I just looked it up, and he was first introduced in 2007. So definitely could have been influenced by that. But he, but it says that the primary uh, inspiration is a, uh, a piece called Pygmalism. Uh, let's see. Primary... Uh, Grant Morrison's main inspiration for the character came from the song Pygmalism written by Momus uh, for Kahimi Carey. Huh. Sure. All right. We should definitely watch uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> Both the song and the character are references to the play. It looks terrible, and that looks fun. <laughs> Pygmalion reflected in the character's desire to transform people into an idealized state. Mm. Okay. Mm. So that's more about him being... The radio host is victimized by the cannibal family as a former Texas marshal hunts them, and it has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, so that sounds like a fun time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And Leatherface, colon, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 from 1990 has a 5.2. Huh. So, you know, the whole trilogy here. Okay, tell me... And I know that The Shining is going to skew this. All right. Uh, and I think I, I think I saw the Rotten Tomatoes or whatever for this movie, and it was like a, it was like a seventy or eighty or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Is there 
is there like a kind of understood when I, when I'm perusing like lists of horror movies, it seems like there are like a lot of fives and sixes even amongst like movies that I've definitely heard of is, is that a thing? Like do, do horror movies typically review well or maybe not as well? It varies, honestly. I mean, everyone has an opinion, right? Like, it's the... Sure. Well, it's, it's the idea that there are so many genres within horror that the word horror within a film is blurred. So, it's it's tough, you know? Because some people, when people rate it, they either think that uh, it's going to be one type of horror, but it's actually another. Um, or you watch the trailer and you realize, oh, I know what I'm getting into. And then there are other films where you see the, the trailer and you go, okay, I'll still watch it. And then you come out of it and you're like, that's not what the trailer told me. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause there are some really good horror films that if you look on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, they have like a four, five and a six, maybe four sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's like okay. mostly five and sixes, and some of them are. Amazing. We're like, we're like, if you see that, if you see that on a game, like you know, this game is trash. Yeah. Like, if you see a four on a game, it's like there's something fundamentally broken about it. Whereas that's not necessarily the case with a movie. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I I kind of really like bad horror movies, not because they're good obviously but like because they're just really fun and ridiculous and one of my favorite like bad horror movies is called the reeker and i watched this in high school with a friend of mine after school and we were making fun of it the whole time like we we were like oh i'm sure it's a fart like that's gonna be what the monster is it's a fart because like the whole th- the, like every time about somebody would die they'd be like oh something smells gross or something you know and then they would die in some way huh. like get thrown out of a window or something and so we're like oh it's gonna be a fart a fart's gonna kill them now i really want for us to hang out on skype while we watch some watch bad movies Reaker. and just yeah. and just that could be hey if we around. ever launch patreon that could be patreon tears or something but like uh I don't want to spoil it because one day I do want to watch this movie and I've never spoiled this movie for don't anyone. Spoil but okay. the twist, don't so don't. The twist was, I'm not going to, I'm not spoiling it, but I'm just saying the twist was legitimately like cool. And we were both like, what? Like that was actually awesome. Well, we watch like, it. I'm yeah. down. It's, re- it's, it's, it's dumb. And that needs bad, to be, that needs to be down the list of ways you're saying. Great. Yeah. The reeker. Okay. I liked it. It's dumb, but I like it. All right. I don't have a whole lot uh, to say more about this. Yeah, I it's funny because the more I the more I think about this movie, the more that I sort of appreciate it. I'm not going to go watch it any again anytime soon, no. but I think that it's one of those cases where like the people making it probably had no fucking idea like that they had made anything like amazing. It's sort of like Night of the Living Dead. It's like uh they just wanted to make a cool movie and then when it was over and they saw how people reacted they're like oh i guess we made something really important <laughs> you know apparently that's how shelly duvall felt about the shining too they were like well we know that kubrick makes good movies 
you know? Yeah. But, like, they didn't think it was going to be, like, some huge cultural touchstone. Well, I think... Uh, like... I... Um, I wish... I wish Toby Hooper was still alive because I really would love, I mean, he probably knows that this movie is amazing. It's just more like, uh, I wish he was still alive to see it become part of like the, an icon. Well, like, well, like the shining just is a part of the national library, right? Of, Mm, um, I think this movie should belong there, but maybe other people don't see it yet or whatever. I don't really know the criteria for it. But mm. I don't know. I just that movie is such a a testament to the times, uh, and I I don't know. I just really like it for that. The slashers for me are very tough because I could either like them or dislike them. But this one really uh, was really interesting, and uh, that's why I was like, we should do that one. We should do that one because it's it, it yeah. there's a lot there's a lot there. Even though it's just mm-hmm. a slasher. And I say that mm, now. Right. It's not just a slasher. It's an incredible film. Yeah. It's a cult it movie. It is a cult movie. It's a lot of, it's a lot of things. All right. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat glad I didn't abandon it. Yay. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent glad that I didn't abandon it because <laughs> I def, I definitely did after the fact, I definitely did have to chase it with an episode of the Simpsons. Yeah, I, mean, I watched. I I, ch- I chased it with uh, the episode Deep Space Homer, which is where Homer becomes an astronaut and goes into space. <laughs> is that where he eats the chips? Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. So, so I definitely had to chase it with that, and now I'm going to chase this discussion, even though it's well after midnight for me. I'm going to chase this discussion with another episode of The Simpsons and maybe an episode of Dragon Ball before I go to sleep. Oh, good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball GT specifically. I just started watching that. I'm like three or four episodes in because uh, GT Goku just came out in Dragon Ball Fighters, and I love that game. So I'm like, crap, I like this character. Maybe I need to watch this show. So I'm watching it. For me, nice. I'm going to um, I'm gonna watch just some YouTube videos and eat some dinner. Yeah, I may, I may go downstairs and reheat some pasta. And hang out with my kids because nice. they're the moment I open the store. It's going to be great. Uh, it's not cheat day for me until tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, by the morning, way, if you want to so go get I a... can't just... I'll eat. join you for that burger because... Oh, snap. Good. All right, I'll come, I'll oh, come to your desk You guys stink because I, I can't do that. <laughs> well, you know, get a cool job over here. <laughs> I've, I'm trying. <laughs> All right, I'll come to your desk. Cool, cool, uh, cool, cool, cool. Around noon and we'll, we'll go because I don't think I have any meetings, but, you know, totally meta talk during the podcast. Yeah. Uh let's sign off then anyway yeah let's do it anyways if you would like to follow the show on twitter you can do so at d corridors uh on twitter if you'd like to follow me personally uh you can find me at the jawa josh brian where can they find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at ribnax r-i-b-n-a-x or check out any of the stuff that i'm doing on ign or on twitter or whatever sorry to interrupt (laughs) that's fine Lily. Uh, you can find me at Cool Cat Lily Z, either posting about Waluigi or Waluigi things, or pissing people off with my hot takes. Yeah, Waluigi. Nice. Waluigi won't date me. Wah. 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 Uh, that nose pass was the best. Praise the sun. <laughs> yes. 
All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Bye.